This episode of Almost Blurs is brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. I saw Janet Jackson recently and with this hot as it's been in Texas, I think the only reason that I didn't pass out is because I hydrated using Liquid IV well before the concert. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. For me, I love the lemon lime and this new strawberry lemonade, but when you have 12 flavors that you can choose from made with premium ingredients and a product that is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy, Liquid IV should be able to satisfy most taste buds and keep you feeling hydrated. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ALMOSTBLURREDS at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code ALMOSTBLURREDS at liquidiv.com. Now, let's start the show. Almost Blurreds. It's your girl, Dove Cat. I'm your girl, Dove Cat. Dove Cat. Almost Blurred. So it's your boy, JB. JB. Almost Blurred. And this is Almost Blurs. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Almost Blurs. My name is JB. And I have a bit of advice for you all. Okay. This advice is also going to lean into my icebreaker. But I just feel like it's a great time to just start the show off this way. My advice is... It's for the the younger generation of black people in this country. I'm going to start with saying this. It is not a flex at all to say that you are not your ancestors. And I say that because there have been a lot of incidences that have happened where people in present day have been, you know, Rightfully so, reacting to some of the racist stuff that they've had to deal with. And a lot of these new younger people like to say, we are not our ancestors. I say this to you. You're not. Because they were better. And I'm going to say it this way. Our ancestors had to put up with a lot more shit than you do. And you have helped had to deal with and had to do a lot more and reacted in some ways worse, worse. I put that in quotes because it was still great. But, you know, other people look at like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. No, they did what they needed to do. You know what y'all are doing? Just now doing what you should have been doing for a long time. So I just wanted to say that I don't know why people think it's a flex to say we are not our ancestors. But have you seen what your ancestors did? Have you seen what your ancestors had to do? Do you realize what your ancestors did is the only reason why you can do what you did today? Just not do that. So with that said, I'm about to wrap this all the way around because we saw some comic book heroes in the last week or so. Uh, we saw Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Saw Aquaman. Um, we see, well, not even just comic book heroes. We saw Kung Lao. Kung Lao tossed the hat in the air. It was like a bat signal. Um, we saw like it was one of the greatest displays in present day of black people coming together to whoop 
the entire axis of white people who did some stupid shit. Looked around and found if out. If you somehow managed to live under the rock, under the sea, where, you know, SpongeBob was, or he's in a pineapple, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think it's Patrick that's under the rock. Either way. If you yes. somehow were living under a rock and you did not hear about the uh, Montgomery melee, as I've been referring to it, or, you know, the Alabama sweet tea, um, you know, you know, you have the, you have the Boston tea party. We had the Alabama sweet tea party that took place a week or so ago where quick summary, a family of white people had their boat parked in a spot where a ferry was trying to dock. And after 45 minutes of them sitting there, and these people trying to get them to move, man came over again to tell them to move. And their response was that they were going to hit this man and jump this man. I've watched this video multiple times. And to see the reactions of people who are watching has warmed my heart. Because there was a man up here, I'm pointing man up here who saw it starting to go down and he just made his happy ass all the way down. He came down them ladders like the old Super Mario Brothers where you know all you had was climbing. He made his way down, jumped up in there. What a lot of people don't realize is that the ferry that they were blocking and you saw that group of people that came and whooped their ass. Those were people who were on the ferry that they were blocking. When And they told them, screamed from the ferry, that they were going to whoop their ass. They let them know before they even got there. And for whatever reason, you know, the envelopians did not choose to take heed to the warning that was given to them. In fact, they just stayed there. They were in no rush to go away. Because who would have thought that, you know, someone would do something to them? I did. I thought that someone would do something to them. We as black people, you as a black mother know when you issue a threat, you intend to follow through with that threat. My mother issued a threat at like one o'clock p.m. one day when I was a kid acting up in Super 10. (laughs) She issued a threat. She said, when we get home, I am going to whoop your ass. Said it calmly. I went through a whole day. We went shopping. I was quiet. I wasn't speaking until I was spoken to. We played a video game together at home. I had dinner. She told me to go take my shower. And she wore my entire ass out after I got in the bed. We do not issue threats unless we intend to follow through with them. The type of ass whoopings that we got to witness warmed my heart so much. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so much. And Aquaman, that is a special boy. 16 years old, jumped and swam across the seas for you, I will, by Monica type stuff. He will cross the ocean for you. And he did. He All he said was he did what he was taught to do. Give him the things, but stop posting his picture. He's a minor. Yeah, stop posting his picture. He is a minor. But 
congratulations to the young king and all the people who participated in wearing their asses out. They all were arrested. There was a black man who was arrested, though. I like to call him like Stone Cold, like Steve, like Jamal, like, you know, he he came through with a chair. Like attitude era WWF style came through with a chair. He straight up whack a mode that girl on that floor. Like whack a mode bow. I don't even know if her head came back up. Sis is done. It's a wrap. Head just sitting in the socket, that little space right there between the shoulders at this moment. So they got him. But what was hilarious is how Black Twitter reacted to That's been the best part. <laughs> when they were like the person, they wanted the person with the chair to come down to the station, and so many me people making folks uh, post up on some chair, like I ain't even see no chair. Like, yep. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it was magic. Oh, it was magic. So, my advice: you are not your ancestors. They were better than you, but I'm so glad y'all stood in. Ten feet, ten toes deep to defend this man. Also, white people, when you fuck around, there aren't many other options after that to not find out. So if your goal is not to find out, do better in not fucking around. And that's I all I have to think, say. I just think that one, we missed out on the opportunity because we didn't record on Saturday because that would have been live. Okay. Mm-hmm. All the memes mm-hmm. that were like popping up one of my favorite ones was a chair is still a chair even when it's swinging in the air let me tell you something the, the chairs with the Timberlands on the chairs with the do-rags I have a playlist on my phone someone made a playlist <laughs> for this here situation it is called the Montgomery Brawl a moment in black history and I still have not recovered from the fact that the last song on this playlist is For You, I Will by Monica. Shut up. Y'all are ridiculous. See, that's the thing with the internet is that mm-hmm. black folks don't need it because we are childish mm-hmm. as hell. Now, although I do not oh, condone yes. violence, I am a big, really, really, really big fan of um, if you come for me first, mm-hmm. unprovoked. Mm-hmm. Then whatever consequence happens after that is on you, my friend. I was wondering that's exactly the, the, what the, happened. The most true things that King and Moore has ever said. Do not come for me unless I send for you. If you ought to choose to do it anyway, I'm not responsible Mm-mm. for the tongue lashing you may get or the ass whooping you may get. Chair bobbing. Because you I, should not have stepped into a space that you did not belong in. That's it. <laughs> and also, all they had to do was do what they were told. That. And I saw some of the videos and memes and clips about you guys being upset that that woman got hit um, with a chair. I would also like to say that she just could have set her happy ass out. Mm-hmm. That could have been done. That could have been done. And nobody would be saying anything. And then we could be on her side because she was hit unprovoked. But nah, sis wanted to get in the fight. Mm-hmm. She about to well, get a shout out to the king that threw threw the girl in the water. It was so smooth how he just tossed her in the water and kept walking. 
I don't even know if they found sis yet. Oh, she God, might be underwater good. with Amber Heard somewhere. But oh my God! But you know what? That really was the blackest thing on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I loved time. it. I, I loved it. It was it was glorious. It was glorious seeing it from so many angles. You know, getting all the seeing all the interviews with people, people speaking about it as they were there, seeing the pictures of all the white people sitting on the ground in handcuffs. Because they started it. And those Crocs? The picture of those Crocs? <laughs> and you know, the weird thing is, I saw the picture of the Crocs the day that it actually happened. But the news really didn't blow up until that Sunday. Because mm-hmm. it happened on the 5th was a Saturday. But on Sundays when it really just took legs. I saw the picture of the Crocs. And I, was, I don't even think a lot of people knew where that was from on the day that I saw it. They were like, damn, what the hell was he doing for his Crocs to get like that? Now we found out. It wasn't even actually his doing. That was just the type of ass whooping that he had. That vein, it tickled me. Do you hear me? He beat him through his croc so bad that it looked like an alligator was eating his foot. Wore him out. Wore him out. Mm. You guys. (laughs) You guys. Well, my name is Dovecat. Oh yes, yes, that was Dovecat. My that name, Dove my Cat. name was Dovecat. If you, if you, if you want to wear, and um, that was very great in sound advice, JB. Um, I don't really have any advice this week. Um, oh, I do two things, uh, and this doesn't lead into my icebreaker. Um, but the first thing I do want to say is that you need to take breaks. Mm-hmm. Take breaks because usually around the time that I take my vacation in August is usually the time where at work, I'm a, I'm fried, mm-hmm. and it's just time for a break. So you guys, you should take a break, even if it's just taking a day, whatever, from work, from school, from people, people in, from being a mom, being a dad, or what have you. Take a break. Um, mm-hmm. That's my advice for you. Now, my icebreaker is um, there's a new trend, and it might not be too new. I feel like I've maybe seen it before, and it just didn't take off. But there's this song and this guy is like he's singing and basically the the um the girl needs um basically it's a song that basically says that the girl needs penis in order to be better or stop having an attitude or something. Anyways, hmm. what's been tickling me is the fact that people are doing this song and they are um playing that song and then a video into something else. And I wish I was better prepared. I'm going to send JB a few so that he can kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about. But that has really tickled me today. And some of these have been really funny. Um, There was one about Carly Russell. And um, saying, I, I, it's, it's trash. Let me find one to send to JB and so he can see what I'm talking about. But since she said something about that, that made my mind immediately go to my new favorite country artist, Dixon Dallas. Dixon Dallas is what I have been waiting for from country music. But yo, those of you who don't know, Dixon Dallas had he was also going by another name at some point. And he makes country music, but his country music is they're basically really, really raunchy Are songs they? about gay sex. 
<laughs> and it just it warms my heart. Like this shit is hilarious because you're just listening to it like, hmm, this is because the songs actually sound good. So they you'll do. just be sitting there listening to them, and then the next thing you know, he talking about riding somebody and the person finishing off in them and stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't know where this was going. But you know what? I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're here. And I appreciate this as a song because shit is hilarious. And first I thought it was like a like a parody. But the more I listen to him and some of the songs that he's releasing, I think he's for real. Mm-hmm. And I ain't even mad. Do you mm-hmm. stand up in it? Or as he would say, they can stand up in him. But whatever. That shit is amazing. Okay, so I'm about to play this out loud. What um, Dovecat just sent me. So we'll see what this is. Which one was that? Today. That was the one where it came up looking like James Brown. Yep, I'm not going to do this with y'all. Um, no, I'm not going to do this with y'all. But that was this great. is why. Y'all, let me tell you something. The internet is like, well, excuse me. TikTok specifically is like the wild, wild west for black people. Because they don't know how to act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't deserve the internet sometimes. We don't. And this trend right here has had me cackling for the last two days. Okay? It's been hilarious. Look, speaking of TikTok, if you're not following us on TikTok, please follow us at Almost Blurds. Um, yeah, we were a little slow last week with content. Dovecat was out here having big fun at the beach. So I was trying to make up for it. I was trying to, I have a bad habit of y'all. I have a bad habit of us having homework and me just watching straight through stuff. So I, I controlled that by not watching anything that was a part of our homework until yesterday. Good. I thought that you, that was fighting. I know you did. But I, I, I maintained that I was not going to watch it. Therefore, the content was a little slower. And that's why I made some posts about, you know, moments in my childhood from anime. And I went to see four, well, not went to see, but I saw four horror movies last week. And I just wanted to rank them and things like that. But if you were done, because I am done. I am done. We can go into our blurdy news. Okay, blurdy news. I hate starting. All right. Starting with Star Wars. So, Ahsoka will be coming soon. Mm-hmm. That, that, that show will be debuting on Disney Plus with... Y'all really gonna drive through like that, y'all? Now, I hate people with muscle cars. Because why you decide that at 9.05, you want to go speeding down the street like people ain't doing stuff? Is that... Anyway. I mean... Well, they did get rid of the Challengers and the Chargers. So they're not making any new ones of those. Oh, I don't mean they ain't go buy no old mess anyway. That's true. That's true. Also, guys, if you are watching us visually, I just want you to understand that a lot of times when we are recording at night, your girl be tired because she works and she's a mama. Okay? So you may see me eating candy or drinking a soda. I just snuck some strawberries, so it is what it is. So y'all gonna y'all gonna get this. This is this is live. I've I've been eating good. Isn't healthier, and I want something sweet so bad. So instead, I have a bowl of strawberries over here. So I would love a Snickers, but instead, I have a mm. strawberry. But, I want a Pepsi. Uh, 
So Ahsoka will be premiered on Disney Plus with two episodes on August 23rd. And recently they have now given the series a rating, um, which will give us an idea of the type of content that we're going to be getting. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's not much of a surprise, but um, Ahsoka has been given a TV 14 rating. Why is it a surprise? Mandalorian is TV 14. Boba Fett was TV 14. Obi was TV 14. Most of the live actions have been TV 14 just because of the type of violence that you're going to see. So it's not, un- it's not shocking at all. But it also makes me happy that they're, they're not holding back um, because I had a slight fear that because it was going to be led by a woman that they wouldn't allow it to be what it would need it to be. Because, mm-hmm. you know, people people like to do crazy stuff like that. So I am happy that they're sticking true to that. And I don't in the most recent trailer for Ahsoka, um, which I think came out like two days ago. Mm-hmm. we see that Hayden Christensen will be making his appearance in the Ahsoka series. Um, in what capacity? Probably a, a flashback or something, but I'm still excited about that. He was actually a good um, Anakin. And also, also, I really don't think they could do an Ahsoka show. Well, they could. But I feel like they would have missed a major opportunity to have um, to show Anakin with his Padawan, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of get a live action of what we didn't get, but they implied in Rebels or Clone Wars. Because um, mm-hmm. I think by the time we got to Rebels, he was already Darth Vader. So I I think you can't, you could, but they would have missed an opportunity. But I'm so glad that Hayden's going to be in at least one episode. And I'm hoping that I see him being Master's. Skywalker. I would love to see that. So Yeah. I think that we need it. It would like mm-hmm. you said, it would almost be like an uh, an ins- like it would be a missed opportunity mm-hmm. if they didn't find a way to incorporate him into her series, especially mm-hmm. since we know that she was introduced in animated form as what do you call it? A Padamom? Padamom? Padamom. Yeah, that. Those of you who may be listening to us for the very first time, I am not the Star Wars watcher of this this group. So I struggle <laughs> my way through Star Wars often. Um, but yes. So I think it would be great to see that interaction. I would be even especially happy if we see a version of them together when their relationship started to disintegrate Conflict. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what I want to see. I don't want to see a super young version of her. I want to see that version that is maturing and seeing the tra- him transition to this dark side and how that impacted her and how I don't she's think handling that going forward. If I wasn't, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, but I don't, I'm not going back to look. Um, so that's that. But Ev, I think he kind of mentions when he's I'm sorry. talking. Who? Ev. I don't know. I'm going to have to message him to see if he gave you permission to do that. Anyways, this man. For those of you who don't know, that's my friend, Eric Voss. He don't know that man. He don't know that man. Anyway, to make him feel better, Eric Voss, a.k.a. EV, I think he kind of implies that um, one of the reasons, aside from like what we see in 
the Revenge of the Sith or whatever episode he goes bad or the last mm-hmm. one. Um, he said that it's implied that one of the reasons that Anakin kind of turns against the Jedi Order is because of how they treated Ahsoka. And um, accusing her of trying to burn down a temple. And she did, and they kicked her out. And he was, I think he basically, and I could be wrong, but I think he basically was just like, this is part of the reason why he chose to go the Sith route and go with um, Palpatine because of the treatment of her. So I don't know if that's going to be true here, but that would be cool to see him kind of being like on the fringe, kind of being a little militant and um, that happening with her. And it's just being like, well, if y'all. Right. Yeah. Well, if this we'll see we're we're only but 10 days away or less than t- Wow, right. did I say the twenty? Yeah, this is actually right? closer. Well, oh, then that'll be eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, just over a week, we'll be getting that series. So, but yeah, I think that's really all the news we have for um, Star Wars. They, there was an article talking about how the series Acolytes, the Acolytes or whatever it's called, the Star Wars series is actually going to have like a pretty big budget. Um. When are we getting? 2030? Uh, for the budget? No, 2030 is the year that we're going to get it. Oh, no, I think that's next year, ain't it? I don't know about this writer strike. Oh, yes, that is true. I forgot. Well, actually, yeah, it, was, it was supposed to drop next year. But, again, everything's been stopped because of the writer strike. So we never know. But it was going to be eight episodes, but the budget for it is pretty big. All right, so DC-wise, a little bit of activity on the DC side. First of all, can I rant really quickly about something? Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, if you go to GoFobo, G-O-F-O, um, screenings.com or something like that, you can sign up and get notifications when there's free screenings for movies coming out. And as long as you get there early, you go see it, and it's free. Um. I got a notification today, today at like 513 that I had free screening tickets for a film today. Do you want to know what film that was? Mm-hmm. Blue Beetle. I could have been seeing Blue Beetle today, but you know what they did? They didn't send me my stuff until today. <gasps> when I got it, it when you had, when you get those early, you know, when you get those early screenings, you have to get there early. Yeah. Because if you don't get there early, even if you get the tickets, if you get there and you don't have, they don't have space or you, they've run out of seats and you just SOL. Now I got a little. So I was really upset about that. If I got go and, and if you don't have that, you can also sign up for AMC, AMC stubs. I think that's what their, their program is called. Just by signing up, even with their free plan, you, you're eligible to get uh, free screening tickets as well. And Sony Pictures has one directly where you can sign up on their website and you can get free screenings there. So I get them often. And if it's a movie I'm interested in, I go see it. Like I actually got one for Barbie um, when two months before that came out. It just got taken pretty quickly. And I had gotten one for The Flash as well because I was going to give it to someone else. And the tickets had already been taken. But I say all that to say, I'm sad that I didn't get to watch Blue Beetle today. But 
I still am excited about seeing it because for those of you who have forgotten, Blue Beetle comes out this weekend. Damn. It comes out on the 18th and reviews are in. And I don't think that, I think even their test screenings from months ago have said that people have really enjoyed the film. But now we have critics that are watching and they're releasing their opinions and it has been overwhelmingly pos- uh, positive. Um, George Lopez is a standout in the film. I they love said him. That he's great comment relief, but he's also just a great addition to the film. But I'm just going to read some of the reviews. Um, Obviously, I'll make sure none of these reviews have spoilers, so no concerns there. Um, But one person from comicbook.com, Brandon Davis, said the Blue Beetle movie is mostly a blast. Some of it is too silly or childish for me. And a lot had me laughing out loud. And he put in parentheses, George Lopez. Practical suit rocks. The Latino representation is awesome. Enjoy the family-centric steak. Solid action beats. Overall, it is fun. And then we have um, the raps Humberto Gonzalez, who said uh, Blue Beetle is here and Latinos finally have a superhero of their own reflected on the big screen. The film is so incredibly good, so unique and delivers on all fronts, giving the superhero genre a much needed sazón. The film's Tangerine Dream inspired synth wave score also rocks. And who else? Who's this? Um, Fico Congiano, I think that's his name. Happy to report that Angel Manuel Soto's Blue Beetle is definitely a great time at the movies. Not only is it a fantastic introduction to Jaime Reyes as a character slash hero, but also a love letter to the Latino culture that focuses on family as its foundation. Literally, that's what I'm seeing all the way down. Just the same thing. Someone actually considered it their Favorite post-Christopher Nolan DC film. So, I mean, everything's been good. Everything has been positive. The most I've heard is that, you know, because it is family-centric, there are some areas that may feel kiddie. Um, Just like I didn't realize until I watched the trailer again that he would be like post-graduate, uh, well, post-college mm. in age. I was kind of hoping he was going to be a little bit younger. Mm. Um. But outside of that, I mean, I, I'm here for the only reason I wanted him to be a little bit younger. It was like, you know, because when I think Teen Titans, I think Teen, unless they're just going to go with the Titans they just route. Go with the Titans. They won't, they but, won't Nightwing. Um, or maybe that's just me telling yeah. them that they won't Nightwing. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll, in short, a little funny, lots of action, lots of heart. You know what that sounds like to me? What? That sounds like Guardians of the Galaxy. And we liked Guardians of the Galaxy for the humor, the action, and the heart. So if it has all three of those things, I'm sold. So I just got to, I'm going to find some time this weekend to see it. But you already wanted to see it. I know you already wanted to see it. Are you, have you gotten your tickets? I don't even know. I don't <laughs> even you know. you need to get them early. I'm not going to get them early. Let me tell you something right now. It wasn't until you said something. I had always planned to go see it. And last week, week before, my baby has been talking about it. And I've been telling him the date. we got a couple more days to this. And you said it again. And it was just like. Mm -hmm. So, no, I haven't gotten my tickets. Yes, I'm going to try to go this weekend. The same thing about this, though, is it's getting such great reviews. But 
they're not expecting it to make much of anything in box office, which is really disappointing. I'm hoping that maybe even if it doesn't debut with high numbers, that the word of mouth for the film would cause it to have legs, much like Elemental had. Because Elemental, when that premiered, they they deemed that a flop. They said, you know what, this is the one of the worst openings ever for Disney and their animated films and things like that. And then the next thing you know, the film just continued to make money. And now it has almost made $450 million worldwide. But also, I think a lot of that, and people were saying this as well, I saw a lot of that. It kind of took off on TikTok and them showing certain scenes and stuff. And people were just like, Mm -hmm. there's no reason that I'm learning about this film through TikTok. I feel like Disney didn't promote it very well. And I think they they were scared to promote it. I think they were scared to promote Elemental because of this this war on woke that well, has come out. Movies. Yeah, if you're not going to stand in what you're trying to release, then don't do it. That's why I hate what happened to... Uh, is it Luca? No, Strange World, yes. Strange World, you have a main character that is gay, which you didn't even write it as a central part of his character. But for whatever reason, you still seem to be scared to promote this film. And everyone who actually has sat down and watched the film said it was a great film. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't know that according to Disney because they barely promoted it. So I will say this, and Bob Iger may not be any better. However, the guy that was before Bob Iger um, definitely wasn't um, putting money towards marketing, that type of thing, kind of staying away from these woke things. But my thing is, is that people deserve to see themselves on screen and asking Mm -hmm. to see that is not being woke. Outside, the they, they, it's it's woke for them because seeing someone else on screen means they don't see themselves on but screen. Don't you see yourself? But my thing is, you have been seeing yourself on screen your entire life. In fact, there are people who have only seen themselves on screen. So many people can't say that. Like the fact that we just now got a a main character that is Latino as a superhero on screen is insane. Or the fact that we got Black Panther as the first big budget black superhero on screen within the last couple of years. Because mm-hmm. we had other black like black characters that were made by black people that nobody supported. <laughs> It's just um, like, come on, don't be mad because we see ourselves now. You've been seeing yourselves forever. And you can still, like we had to, find ways to see ourselves and people who aren't us. We had to identify with characters who had no connection to us for years. For years. But also, when you brought up Black Panther, it made me think about that everybody wanted to be him. Mm-hmm. Those white babies wanted to be T'Challa. They didn't care mm-hmm. that he was brown. They didn't care that he was black. They didn't care that his hair was different. They didn't care about any of that. They just wanted to be the Black Panther. They wanted to be T'Challa. 
that is that's little kids little kids don't care about color they don't care about any of that they don't care they don't care until you start making them care exactly they don't care i think it was was it you who sent it or did i send it to you the little girl the little white girl that was asking her mama to announce her sister simone bowels oh yeah you sent it to me yeah, Simone Biles has never done that. But she didn't care that Simone Biles was black. She just knew that Simone Biles was really good at something that she was interested in and she wanted to be her. They don't care, y'all. They don't care. They don't care. And what it means, and it may not hit the same for white kids, you know, but they still wanted mm-hmm. to be him. That little girl wants to be Simone Biles. She told her mama, introduce mm-hmm. me as Simone Biles because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. That's who she wants to mm-hmm. be. And it's crazy to me. I know, you know, this is how I know that Blue Beetle is going to be good is because they're leaning into the cultural side of this. Kind of like Miss Marvel. Yep. And that was, it was so, it was such an integral part of everything that it was. It made it even better mm-hmm. because we were, we were, we were being thrown into a culture that for a lot of us is unfamiliar to us. And also seeing so many parallels with her culture and ours. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be represented in that way for us to see ourselves in it. And I wish they could see that. But I also want them to understand that it is still important for representation. It is important for people to be able to see themselves. But if you can't see yourselves visually, you can still connect with the characters. Like I said, we've been having to do that all our lives. I just think it's weird that y'all don't want to see the world, how the world reflect, have it. The movies that we see should be a reflection of what's around us. And the Mm -hmm. fact that y'all just want it to be nothing but white people on screen is wild to me. And anything outside of that is woke, is weird. So I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that the critics are wrong about, well, Critics who say that it's good, great, okay. But the people who are saying mm-hmm. that the box office projections are not that great, I'm hoping that they're wrong, like they were wrong about The Little Mermaid. And hopefully they knock it out the park because I think this is an awful time for them to be on strike, mm-hmm. especially for this type of film and how important it is. Um, but they are on strike and it's up to us to go and watch this film and show support. Yeah, they're, so they're they're claiming that it is only expected to make between twenty eight and thirty two million in this first weekend, which would be just barely beating what Barbie is expected to make, which is twenty two to twenty four. But like I said, I can just only hope that over time it builds legs because Elemental premiered with just twenty nine point five million. Mm-hmm. In the first weekend, it has now made worldwide just under four hundred and fifty million. So it is possible. It is, and I, I expect that the the international numbers for Blue Beetle are going to be a lot higher because it's going to probably overperform in predominantly Latino um, countries, which is going to be great for them. And I think that it's probably going to it could potentially overperform here because of our overwhelmingly large Latino, Mexican, Hispanic population that exists in the United States. So hopefully it actually overperforms and has the legs that we want it to have. But 
it's, it's sad that it's kind of gotten written off and you made a really good point that it's unfortunate this film is releasing during the strike because there's also going to be no promotion from these actors that are in this film, which is going to be unfortunate for the actors in it because it's like, I know they want to promote it because they're of proud of what they, they made, but they're also being underpaid. So it's they like, got to get that money and I'm not mad at yeah, it. But, yeah. But for the people who do go see Blue Beetle, FYI, there will be two post credit scenes mm-hmm. for this film. Um, so be sure to watch both of them. I don't know if they're going to be like, well, it seems like one is going to be a mid credit scene. One's going to be a, like after the credits type of thing, but we will see. We will Sweet see. Black baby Jesus in a manger. Please allow them to be setting up Titans. And for my Maybe. main man, Nightwing to be leading the charge. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, let me say this, because I know that Dovecat is really excited about Nightwing, but if you ain't going to give me a Nightwing that gives me the same thing I got from the Nightwing and Titans, then you can keep them. Because because the Nightwing we got in Titans, he was giving. He was giving. What's my baby? He gave energy. He gave. You know, they don't really get me like that, but he was doing what needed to be done. He and Starfire had chemistry. They were able to project that chemistry despite fighting against getting together the entire series. Despite beating the brakes off of each other within the first, like, first season. But it's just weird, you know. How they went from actually knocking the boots to like, oh, we don't want to do it yet. We we don't want to. If you don't go smash and go out get out of our face, we see it. So if you're not going to give me that energy, because we've got that energy from the animated series. We got it from the live action Titans. I need that same thing. What? The thickness. I need it all. I need it everywhere. Give us the things that we deserve. He was fine. He had, he was fine <laughs> in that chain. He had a chain. Okay. So he was given post credit scene. Sean. <laughs> what, okay. was BDE. He was. I don't know. Let me tell you something. I know that Nightwing, and I know we have to move on. I know that Nightwing is a fictional character. I am aware. Okay, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. But he got some swag on him. Okay. I love him. We will see. We will see. But moving along. So James Gunn, you know, his reboot is coming soon. There have been nine actors from Marvel who have been announced as being a part of his stuff. I'm going to quickly go through these because some of these we already know. Um, The first one is David Harbour, who we know is Red Guardian from Black Widow, who people also know from Stranger Things. He will be playing Eric Frankenstein in the Creature Commandos animated series that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Palm Clementiev. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but that's Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Her character has not been revealed yet, but he has made it very clear that she will be transitioning over to something in his new reboot. Um, Maria Bakalova. Who that plays the voice good. of Cosmo? 
mm-hmm. from uh, Guardians of the mm-hmm. Galaxy Volume 3. She will be playing uh, Princess Ilana Rostovic, who is also going to be another character in the Creature Commandos animated series. Isabel Merced, who um, will be in the Superman's Legacy, playing Alt Girl. Um, we've most recently seen her in Transformers The Last Night. She will also be having a role in Madam Web, which is the Spider-Man spinoff that they're trying to create, so that no one cares about. Um, we have Nathan Fillion. Mm-hmm. We've seen him in a couple of things. He's played multiple characters in the Guardians films, but most recently he was one of the guards in Guardians Volume 3. He was the guard that was basically bonding with um, Star-Lord over having a dumb partner. <laughs> but he had like a, a partner that was just saying stupid stuff. And then um, when Star-Lord and them got caught getting inside that thing when they cut into it from the outside came in and mantis made mistake and threw all their suits out in space um that girl yeah he was the guard there he's going to be playing guy gardner guy gardner is a green lantern and he will also be in superman legacy we're gonna get frank grillo who we know from Marvel films in um, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Civil War. He played Crossbones. He will also be playing a uh, another voice in Creature Commandos for a character named Reek Flag Senior. We know that if James Gunn is doing anything, he will be putting his brother in something. Okay, he's going to make sure his brother stay working. Okay. Right. So Sean Gunn. (laughs) Exactly. So Sean Gunn is going to be um, playing again animated characters from Creature Commandos. He'll be playing two characters, Weasel and GI Robot. Uh, Alan Tudyke, who I think is already in. He may have been in. What is it? Doom, Doom Patrol. I think he mm-hmm. plays someone in Doom Patrol, but uh, he was also in Deadpool 2. He's been in the Big Hero 6 movies, and he will also be playing a voice in Creature Commandos. Everybody's getting a job there, apparently. Yeah, and he also um, has said that he, and you might be getting to that, I might be cutting you off, but he's also said that he would like for the voice actors to also play the live-action version of themselves um, on the big screen. And this all next names, one, I, I know that. No, I was going to say all of those names are people that are familiar. We would know them. Um, mm-hmm. I know a handful, like probably 95 of the people that you named I'm familiar with and what they look like. So go ahead. Oh, and the last person they have on the list is someone that I've been feeling like has needed to be redeemed from the moment that we saw him. And that is, um, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Is he the Edie or Eddie Gathigi? I know what I'm spelling, saying his name wrong, but he played Darwin in X-Men First Class. He was the ah. one that should not be able to die, and then he was killed. He's coming back, and he'll be playing Mr. Terrific, who will also be making an appearance in Superman Legacy. I, After reading this list, I can understand the concerns that people have with the number of heroes that are somehow making their way in this Superman Legacy film. 
but hopefully he does it well because it does feel like on the surface he's cramming a lot of people in there but it sounds and especially considering they were saying that this particular superman is supposed to be a younger superman if he was an older one i would feel a little bit different because i would feel like at least he's established superman that means there's a justice league or justice society already out there but if he's going to be younger, I want to know how all these people are going to be playing a role here. Especially I mean, if this is not technically an origin film. He's already here. Right. But also, I think a lot of these Superman movies, he's I've said this, Superman movies, Superman shows, unless we're talking about the Justice League, is that mm-hmm. he's always alone. Every, like true, Every true. time he's always alone. And like if, he, if he's younger right just getting into the superman thing kind of filling out the shoes and he knows that there are other heroes out there i don't know what does that that journey look like for him knowing that he's not by himself yeah it could definitely change a lot of stuff maybe we'll get even though he'll be a younger superman maybe the superman we're gonna get is going to be a little bit more the one we get from superman and lois where, you know, obviously he's alone, but he's already worked with a group up to this point. Mm-hmm. So he knows that there are other people there because he was introduced in the other series before he got his own. So maybe it'll have a feel like that, but with a younger age. I don't know. I guess we'll see. And these other people, they weren't they haven't been technically confirmed, but he's been very clear about wanting to bring other people from specifically from the Guardians movies over. So Chris Pratt is likely no. to come over. I'm not sure who he might be, um, but some people have been wanting him to play Booster Gold. Booster Gold is a looks like a superhero that is linked to um, Blue Beetle in some way. I don't know anything about him, so I may have to look him up. Um, then we have... Dave Bautista, who has expressed wanting to come over. I don't think there have been any characters they've been saying he could be rumored to be, but I would love to see him be Bane. I would think he, I think he would be an amazing Bane. Mm. Okay. Um, especially after seeing, who is it, Tom Hardy, who played Bane in the Christopher Nolan one? Like, just seeing how big and everything he can get and just get dark. I just, I can see. Dave Bautista has the range to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy is fine. Welcome back. <laughs> so she she had a moment for a minute. I said his name and she kind of leaned her head over like she was just reading the smut book. He but, fine. Um, and he like a boy. Or a man. But no, he like everybody. Amen. Kind of like... um. Nightwing, the guy who plays some of the Titans. I think that's part of his appeal to me. Yeah, because he's just like, uh, I think when they were asking him what he looks for as somebody, he was like, for which one? Girl, I, like, I can give you both. But anyway, another person we know is Nebula, Karen, Gillen. Um, a lot of people have been speculating this, and she's expressed it. She would love to play Poison Ivy. I can actually see that a little bit. She's a redhead, uh, a natural redhead, I'm assuming. Um, And I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff to see how sensual and sexy she can be. But if she can can be somebody as blank as Nebula, I think she can probably get get sexy if she need to. Because sis was like emotionless. I'm trying. (laughs) She was. I was trying to think of the live action because I didn't watch herself on the CW. 
I think the last, like the last live action Poison Ivy I saw was Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. Well, she, she was in a great portrayal, but I ain't like her too much. Like I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, this is a one woman. <laughs> that that movie was giving camp. Mm-hmm. It was so over the top, over everywhere. So this last one, I see. I I literally see her in this role. Okay. So Zoe Saldana, who we know is Gamora. Um, some have wanted her to be people like Star, Sapphire, Big Barda, but the last name? Zatanna? I see Zatanna. I don't know why, but after seeing the animated series, you know, she was the love interest of Constantine. I can see a Zatanna in her. I, I don't even think she's not going to do it. Because she don't she, she only going to do it if she's not going to have to have a major commitment. If That's she can it. just jump in and out, she'll do it. But, you know, she's been very clear on her not wanting to have these huge franchises again. And I mean, it's understandable because it's like, don't get me wrong. She has not them out the part with Avatar and Gamora. And Avatar, I think, have an even bigger commitment than any of the Marvel films because it, you know, it kind mm-hmm. of goes into they've, cl- you know, they're going to do this two, three, and four. I think five of them, maybe. I don't know if they're doing five, mm-hmm. um, but at least three. She don't and want them to kill her off at some she, point. You said what? <laughs> I don't think he's killing her. I said she's gonna probably want them to kill her off at some point. She probably is gonna want it, but the James ain't doing it because she's so I don't know, she's just so damn good. As Natiri, I love her as Natiri. But um she's already Mm -hmm. said, and it's a lot. It's a lot. And it kind of keeps you from doing other things. So I don't blame her. I can see her doing an appearance. Maybe. But being like a lead, co lead, nah, I don't think she's interested in doing that. I mean, I don't know this woman. I could be wrong, but I don't. I don't think she's going to be signing up. What did Oscar Isaac call them? The golden handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. makes sense. He didn't want to do it either. I don't blame them. It is a huge commitment. The coin is going to be nice, but it's hard for you to be able to insert other bodies of work into your schedule when you have filming commitments for franchises like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some cases, I think some of these actors have even said that when they sign up for some of these films, it can restrict them from doing anything else. So they'll just be sitting there. I think that's one of the reasons why Mahersha Ali's probably been so upset. Like, you signed me on for this, but then there's no start date. But then it's like, I also don't know if I can start something else because the rent, y'all ready. I'm going to be expected to be where I need to be. So I don't know, but... I think I, I think she'd be a good Satana. Then I guess I'll only do two more things for DC. One is it's going to be for you. Excuse me, for you. You have not seen the Flash yet. People, <laughs> if you were waiting for HBO Max or Mats to finally maybe give it a, a viewing, no one has a clue when it's going to drop because. <laughs> Right now, they said by the time September gets underway, which is in 15, 16 days, 
77 days will have passed since the Flash came out in theaters. It is already made available for purchase on on demand, but I think because it's being so successful there, they're holding off on putting it on HBO Max to try to recoup as many costs as they can for the film. Right now, if that's the case, with it being a minimum of 77 days, it would be the longest film that was created by DC to have gone to HBO Max. Um, before this, the record was Shazam, which was 67 days, and we know at minimum the Flash will be 77. Hmm. So, I think they're trying to milk this for as much as they can just because they're making money. Some people are thinking it may not actually hit the Flash um, until fall, which fall will start on September the 23rd. So, it may not be up there until sometime in October. Well, I'm down for I personally almost feel like they are so greedy to make money off the Flash that they're lo- they're going to potentially lose out on the opportunity to make money from Blue Beetle. But you know what? You scrap. You threw out Bad Girls movie. You you stick to the Flash. You have a film that has been critically received in so many positive ways that you're not really dedicating a lot of resources to promote in the way that you have other things. And you also are dealing with the consequences of the writer strike and you're doing nothing to try to lend yourself to Blue Beetle so it can have a, a higher chance of success at theaters. It's just beyond. Yeah, we need to work for WB. Duh. Somebody needs to help them out. Set it up. I just don't get it. Let me see who I need to reach out to. The last thing I think you'll probably find funny, we have not made it a secret that The Rock has been driving us crazy a lot of times because, you know, there are a lot of people, you know how Red Table Talk, you would be watching Red Table Talk and then you realize, wow, I didn't want to know any of this stuff about you. (laughs) Yes. That's how I feel about Dwayne Johnson every time he opens his mouth talking about DC related stuff. Because at this point, I, was like, I don't care anymore. Your character's done. You're done. You're not revitalizing DC in these live action films. That time is gone. But for whatever reason, The Rock found himself in camera in some interview again. This time he went to yeah he went to heart to heart with Kevin Hart on Peacock. And this is what he said. I think Black Adam got caught in a vortex of new leadership. And at that time, as we were creating Black Adam, developing and shooting Black Adam, we got knocked down a little bit because of COVID and the shutdowns got back up and there were so many leadership changes. And as you know, anytime you have a company, but especially that size and magnitude, and you have all those changes in leadership, you have people coming in who creatively, fiscally are going to make decisions you may not agree with philosophically. So I think Black Adam was one of those movies that got caught in the web of new leadership and that will always be one of the biggest mysteries, not only for me and us on our end, but also throughout our business. So he went on to talk about how it had such a successful opening weekend, which was $67 million. Uh, He said, um, that was a question out of Wall Street. That was a question out of Hollywood. That was a question like, wait a second, you had the biggest opening of your career. Sure, no China. That could have been maybe a hundred, maybe two hundred million dollars more. You're establishing a new character. You want to grow out the van- franchise. 
you bring back Superman and Henry Cavill. The world went crazy. And also, too, you were texting me this opening weekend. We created a diverse superhero portfolio where you have men and women of color and Black Adam, too, as well. So I'm going to pause here because I don't I just want people to. There are a lot of people I feel like have disagreed with my opinion about Dwayne Johnson and how I felt like he thought that he was going to be the savior for D.C. This says that he felt like he was going to be the savior for D.C. He literally says you're establishing a new hero. You want to grow out the franchise. You bring back Henry Cavill. He literally is naming all the things that he thought was going to make this successful because no one knew Henry Cavill was going to be in the movie until he decided he was going to go online and announce it before the movie even came out. No one anywhere even understands why he thought that was a smart decision. If you wanted people to have shock value, you should have shut your ass up and let them go see the movie and then talk about it to their friends about, oh, my gosh, the post credit scene had me going crazy. I mean, <laughs> that answer sounds very rehearsed mm -hmm. and practice. Um, and it's a very PC answer as to why. It's not going to continue on or, you know, what have you. But, I mean, some of that is true about mm -hmm. new leadership and different opinions mm -hmm. about stuff because they we do know that they've changed some things. Mm -hmm. But I also will say that Dwayne The Rock Johnson thought that he was a bigger deal than what he was mm -hmm. as far as Warner Brothers is concerned. Mm -hmm. Um and I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Like, I think that the people at Warner Brothers, specifically the ones at the top, are interested in just having, um, because he said as much, is just interested in having the white superheroes to bring in the comic book bros to spend money mm -hmm. and do whatever. Okay. And the Black Adam don't fit into that mm -hmm. at all. But. I still stand beside or still, excuse me, still stand behind the fact that I think that the rock is the reason I think mostly because he don't know how to shut the hell up and he has mm -hmm. an ego that's the size of my house mm -hmm. where he you claims. thought that you didn't necessarily need the assistance of Shazam. You didn't need mm -hmm. Shazam at all, which is, is we both have said that that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. using the same wizard and some of the same things which you have to say in order to get your whatever like the get the suit and stuff like come on come on yeah, when you think about it from a story there's no reason why he comes out we see all the stuff related to his character one Shazam ain't even a part of the Justice Society which is confusing for me because they also didn't make him a part of the Justice League. So if he Justice wasn't League a part, I know, but not in the live action. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't a part of the Justice League. You have an opportunity to bring him into the Justice Society and make him a part of that team. That would have made sense that he was a part of this new team. He didn't want to take advantage of that. That could have been a story. That could have set up them fighting each other it also could have set up them kind of working together in a against a common common enemy mm -hmm. even if that meant that at the end of that black adam was gonna go by his business 
But I don't, I don't know. But he, his last quote from the interview was saying, but at the end of the day, it's like new ownership coming in, buying an NFL team and going like, not my head coach, not my quarterback. Doesn't matter how many times you won the Super Bowl. Doesn't matter how many wins we got. I'm going with somebody else. That's not always true. But not only is that not always true, but who are you supposed to be in this analogy? Because <laughs> what wins are you talking about? Because you made 70, 67 million in the first weekend, but then you made much of nothing after that weekend passed. Who were you? Were you claiming to be the new quarterback leading the team? He was. Mm-mm. I don't know. I mean, I just really watched Black Adam for Aldous Hodge. And had wow. his movie been successful, so. they would have kept him. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't successful. If it was successful, they probably would have considered we can find a way to integrate him in things. Like, And truthfully, James Gunn and them never said we cutting you out completely. Right. They just said you're not about to be in this first chapter or what we're doing. Something tells this me just sounds the like the Rock to be was in upset it. that they he th- he thought they were going to try to again make him the center of their story mm-hmm. and try to hurry up and push out another sequel to fit in what they were doing. But we barely liked your ass in Black Adam. <laughs> Which True. really no. I'm just saying. But anyway, I just I felt like you would enjoy him running his mouth all over again. No. Um so we're gonna go ahead and get into Marvel really quickly and then we can get into our homework. So so there's no they don't know when we'll be getting to um beyond the Spider-Verse. <laughs> it has been officially delayed. Some people are saying that we may not get that film until 2025. Oh, we definitely not getting that film until 2025. Some even saying it might be further out than that. We're done. And it's We're so disappointing. I might just have to watch it again. I need to watch it again. I'm going to watch it again next year to hold myself off another year. Because that's, that's disappointing. And I get it. They they were overly ambitious with the release date anyway. Even if the writer's strike and the actor strike wasn't going on, I don't think they would have been able to make the deadline for that, especially when they saw we saw how difficult it was just to do <laughs> across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And also, like, honestly, when they announced that at the end that it was coming back in March of 2024, I really felt like they had already made the movie. That's what you would have expected. And they talking about so they no. haven't done anything. Haley talking about I haven't done any type of voice work for Gwen. So <laughs> apparently people are still working on the film. I mean, my guess is that it was already written, but Haley ain't gonna be doing her part. So maybe and if she hasn't filmed <laughs> recorded any of her lines, what are they doing? Kyle. Because maybe maybe I don't fully fully understand voice acting work. Are we to assume that people record their lines first and the people do the animation based off of how they're speaking, or the speaking, the drawing, your animation is done first and then they try to talk it into it and they just I think the animation is done first, right? Because it seems like it would help to see what's going on. So you know how to do like what type of emotion I guess you can gauge from the situation if you know, but I could be wrong. 
But how do they know how to speak at the right pace to fit the mouths of the characters if they're already drawn? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Do voice actors work for the maybe? I don't know how to word it. What you found? Okay, it says voices come first. It says, for animated movies, someone asks, is the voice or the animation created first? It says, voices first always. The animation is done to fit the voice track. Oh, okay. But not always. The actors are recorded separately and their lines are edited together. So there we have it. I guess it makes sense. I just never really understood it because no one has ever really talked about the process. And generally, when you see the behind the scenes, you'll see them talking. And then there's usually a screen... That's showing the scene from the movie as well. The show, the talk, the, what they're saying, whatever. So I guess it makes sense. But I just want them to figure this shit out. Me too. The the the, the emotional reaction I had to Across the Spider-Verse is unlike anything I've had in recent years for an animated film. I need the sequel. It's good. I need it. So that's that. Next... I don't know how much this matters, but uh, in the Marvels, Kamala Khan is going to be 16. Okay. I don't know why, but apparently they were interviewing um, uh, Nia DaCosta, and it came up, and she was discussing her age. Uh, apparently, Iman Vellani is actually 21 in real life. She, like a she baby. was actually 19. Yeah, she was 19 around the time she was filming the Marvels, but her character is actually still going to be 16. So apparently she was 16 in Miss Marvel as well. So they're really saying Miss Marvel in it. Boom, we went straight into to the events because it was kind of hard to tell for me how the time was going to be because you know, the events that took place at the end of Ms. Marvel were in a post-credit scene, but there was nothing that specifically let us know that this post-credit scene happened, like, at the same time mm-hmm. as the events that we saw in Ms. Marvel, or if that some time had lapsed before that whole thing happened. So I guess it's good that we know that. I don't know if that changes anything. If anything, it's probably going to give us an idea of why she's acting the way she does with these characters, because she's still very much a child, mm. but... You know, for anyone who wants to know. Baby fan girl. Oh, she going to lose her shit. And I'm so here for it. I'm ready for it. Me too. She loves us on Captain Marvel. I can't wait to see it. So, this next thing is probably going to be interesting for you. Is it? it is about Secret Invasion. So, Secret Invasion's uh, final Rotten Tomatoes score has been made public. Um, now that the series is over. And Secret Invasion has broken a record um, for Marvel when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes. Secret Invasion is actually now the lowest rated Marvel thing ever for the MCU. Rotten Tomatoes. Putting that in perspective, and I think they started to have to average this out. Um, So they put the five movies and things that are the lowest in ratings. Those are Captain Marvel, Eternals, She-Hulk, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Secret Invasion. They didn't include Inhumans in there because no one does. But um, So, like, Captain Marvel had a 79% with critics, but only a 45% with audiences. Eternals, 
<laughs> and then Eternals got 47% with critics, but 77 with audiences. She-Hulk has 77% with critics and 32 with audiences. All right, so Ant-Man and the Wasp has a rating of 45% with critics, 82% with audiences. Did you know it was that high? No. Because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, whenever people, that movie came out, all you heard was negative stuff about it. I enjoyed it. I did, too. But apparently, you know, people who actually did enjoy it were taking, um, you know, their time letting people know that they actually did enjoy it. Or they were just going online saying, we hate it. And then going on Rotten Tomatoes like, it was amazing. But... um. <laughs> That but then then you have Secret Invasion where the critics gave it a fifty four percent and audiences gave it a fifty. So it averages out what to like fifty two percent, making it the most rotten of the Marvel projects. They're on, these are the only five projects that have been marked as rotten, which is interesting. Why might you think that is? I, 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 in my mind, I think people had different expectations for what they were going to get. I they know that I enjoyed episodes one through what six, or however, whichever ones. And the last episode was the one that kind of let me down a little bit, but not so much that I would say that the series was terrible. It wasn't. It, yes, that final episode was a letdown. However, um, I will say that to me, it was like one of the best shows until that. Mm-hmm. It really was. So I don't know. It's unfortunate because you know, people see stuff like that and they take it and run with it, but it really mm-hmm. wasn't a bad series. I do think that there were opportunities for them to really get even deeper into the scrolls infiltration in the world, like especially mm-hmm. with heroes. I would have loved for it to be more than just Rhodey. Um, and so far, we only know of him really being one. We don't know if anyone else is that is a part of the Avenger. So I would have mm-hmm. really loved for them to really tackle that. But the fact that they didn't kind of let me down. But again, when you have every other episode was good, you can't just say because the last one didn't meet your expectations that suddenly the series was awful. That's like us going back and saying the same thing about uh, Moon Knight. The Moon Knight finale left some to be desired, but there were some really like great episodes in that series. Yes. And I Oscar, think episodes, he was the best chef's kiss. I think episode three and four, how many episodes they have six Ooh, I'm knocking my glasses. I, off. Think, I think it was six for them. I think episode three and four probably were like my favorites mm-hmm. of moon Knight, And then five and six, you know, mm. But him going through that um the mess with his mom, him breaking down in the street, that broke my heart. Oh, that was a powerful episode. Mm-hmm. So but you know, you can't please anybody everybody. I think that Marvel knows that. I also think that they knew that they weren't gonna be able to be at the top forever. And mm-hmm. even though if they're even if what's his name Igor Igor the guy who's over Disney now Iger Iger he 
I don't like all of his decisions, but I do think that he was right in that this Marvel started to concentrate a little bit too much in the quantity of material they were pushing out rather than investing in the quality of the material they were pushing out. Like, I think they started to turn into like a just machine. Like, we got to make all this stuff happen within this time frame. Whereas I think before then, they, they gave themselves grace and time to really push out their materials. And I think that because they were trying, to, there's so many hands and so many pots now. And I, I'm going to guess that because there was so much going on, even though we know Kevin Feige, he touches everything. I don't think he's been able to touch on some of these projects in the same way that he's touched things in the past because he has so many things happening at once. So many different writers. We went from having one or two Marvel films in a year to having at minimum three in a year and multiple series. Like that's a lot to try to handle at one time. That's true, but also by pulling back on um, as much as he wants, you know, Kevin Feige to push out and mm-hmm. Bob Iger just like, nah, hold your horses. Like, what does that mean for some of the stuff going forward? Will things get pushed back because he's not be able to push the things that he wants to push? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see if this decision that Iger has done results in better content. I think that we're deserving of that. <laughs> We've been very loyal. Um, we have. We watch everything that they push out. Um, this is true. Even if it is not always the best, we support it. Mm-hmm. Hell, we even support DC stuff despite fly, uh, the Flash. But, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see a resurgence in Marvel and the type of content because, you know, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. But outside of that, the only the last thing I'm going to mention is Guardians of the Galaxy, mainly because it has made its transition over to Disney Plus. I watched it again. Yes. I, I still enjoy it. Uh, Disney is celebrating the success of the film. It actually is apparently still in theaters here and there. Not a ton of them, but... Um, the movie has made more than $800 million, $850 million worldwide, um, which is a pretty good success for Marvel, considering a lot of their films as of late have not been super successful when it comes to box office. I think they they broke even and made profit, but this is probably one of the higher ones they've had in a while. And it's one of the few ones that has actually come close to the numbers that its previous uh, films had. So like this one made... Eight, let's say we're going to say 850 million. I think that it's, it's like in that, that's an approximate number. Guardians 1 made 773 million worldwide, and Guardians 2 made 869 million worldwide. So it's not too far off from the, the second film. And when you look at stuff like Thor, who went from Ragnarok, where he did amazing, to Love and Thunder, they kind of like, yeah. You know, I would count Thank that as a success too. So shout out to them. Their swan song was a good one. So let's go ahead and knock out our homework real quick. We watched episode two of My Happy Marriage, which is called About My Husband-to-Be. And then we watched episode five of Superman and Lois, which was called The Best of Smallville. Which one would you like to tackle first? Mm. Let's do Superman. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Let's do Superman, you guys. Y'all, I'm trying to um I'm moving a lot because I'm trying to stay awake and um trying to keep from nodding. So if I'm distracting, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, let's start with Superman and Lois. All right, so this episode was called The Best of Smallville. Is it the best Basically, or the best? It's the best. Okay. It's it's I never really understood why we I, well it makes sense because you know there are moments in this episode where I think specifically Jordan was talking to Sarah and she was like I can understand why my dad likes it here he was finally understanding and seeing what Smallville had to offer for someone like him but this particular episode we saw that the Harvest Festival was going on in Smallville and we've seen a lot of emotions everywhere like Jonathan. Acting now, getting drunk at the festival. You need a pop. You know, I'm just, let me know your thoughts because, of course, you know, I've seen this episode. I've already watched the first two seasons. So, what were your thoughts here? I thought Jonathan was being an asshole. Mm -hmm. And I understand. I get it. He lost his girlfriend. He's in a town that he doesn't want to be in. He can't play football. Everything really has been stripped away from Jonathan, but he doesn't have to be a dickhead about it. And I know they're saying a lot or asking a lot for a teenager, but I'm saying to your brother. Mm -hmm. Especially how he interacted with them when he was sitting there with Sarah and decided to make it a big deal. I ain't like that. First date thing, which first of all, why would you think that was okay to say? Like you going through some shit, but nothing about that says I'm going to say this out loud in front of everybody and the girl he's actually out on this date with. Which is kind of like, date, but not really. But I don't right. know what they were doing. I don't like when people do that. I don't. Don't be showing out from your little friends. Don't embarrass your ass. That's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't like that. I, I didn't like his attitude. And I know y'all. I know where it's coming from. I know why he's upset. It still mm. doesn't negate the fact that he was being an ass. Can I say this though? I don't think that this is. This may be unpopular but I really don't feel like his parents are doing enough considering what's going on with them yeah like in my mind I feel like I understand that a lot of attention does need to go to Jordan so he can understand how to use his powers but I I do feel like Jonathan kind of gets left there just kind of like left to fend for himself Mm -hmm. and I feel like as parents, they're not really taking accountability for that. It's like, you know, because Clark literally, I understand him trying. He he's he does a terrible job of juggling family, being a superhero, but now having to factor in, I now have a son that I need to teach how to use these powers. He's, he's spread thin. Mm-hmm. So he's not really doing much there. And then even when you see him trying to interact with the boys, he also knows that he has to also interact with one specific boy a certain way because he's now still learning his powers and he could at any time have a moment where he kind of loses it, where he can't control Mm -hmm. things. Anything can happen. And I I understand the sensitivity there, but at the very least, if Lois got out of people's business, she could spend some time with Jonathan. (laughs) She wasn't so concerned about what was going on with Edge Maybe she would be like, they would notice a little bit more about these changes that's happened with Jonathan. So maybe they could have like 
you know, insert themselves a little bit more, mm-hmm. giving him the attention that. that he needs. It's kind of like Sarah, like they, they, her parents don't know what to do with her. Right. And then they take her to therapy. Why don't y'all take y'all access to therapy to figure out how you should be able to handle this? Mm-hmm. If she did that to herself and you have her in therapy working on that, why aren't you trying to figure out how to cope with what you dealt with? Mm-hmm. You could be handling these parents are doing really bad. Okay, I'm not gonna say bad job. I'm just gonna say they're not doing up to their potential because they they still are in a way neglecting kids despite thinking they're actually not. Okay, I had to get that out. Even though Jonathan's still an asshole. He is. He wouldn't have to act like that. Um, let me say this. Um, Sarah's daddy, the fire chief, mm. he just be being a dickhead for no reason. Oh, he's an ass. He's like an when ass. Lois walked up and she still chose to be nice to him. When Lois mm. walked up and he said, Trigger wanted, I want you to think about what happened to your car. Like, what? Dickhead. For what? And then why did he think? Why did he think that? Lana would actually want him around and why he was drunk. I wonder if he has a pro- a drinking problem. I think so, because I think that she, you know, the way she was talking to him, it was kind of like, look, we've been through this before type of thing. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you can, you can see the anger. And if you even mm-hmm. look at Sarah, she looked like she's had to deal with him drunk before. Which like, he's laying he on the her. couch. She, she came with water water and everything like huh, we've done this before here you go go ahead take my sister I got that oh did we lose JB mm-hmm. I'm here I hear you Oh, uh, I hear you but the whole screen went black and then I didn't hear anything so I didn't know what was going on but yeah he was a dickhead for no reason Um. also I still don't recognize who Steel is or Lex Luthor from another universe. Mm-hmm. You will eventually. Okay. But you, but you, you kind of also see now, based off of the end, kind of towards the end of this episode, why he feels the way he does, and why, you know, he's been creepy around Lois. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Let me hold on. Um. Dang, I lost my train of thought just that quick. Oh, yeah. Um, you are going into danger with hotels and the lady and by yourself. But you don't get any type of creeper vibes from Lex Luthor. Mm-mm. From another universe. You don't feel like he's awkward. Like, not awkward, but feel like something's off. I feel like something's off. And that's without, with miss me knowing that who he is. But he mm-hmm. he's he feels off to me. Mm-hmm. This Lois Lane, big city reporter, journalist, you don't feel off? Apparently not. Apparently I'm like, girl, not. this is wrong. It feels wrong. It don't feel wrong to you. Mm-mm. Well, you're gonna get some more answers about him in the next episode. Um, but again, I don't have to have him. But the full story. I believe comes out in episode seven. Okay. The full thing. And yeah. 
and you'll you'll see seven and eight were two. I think there were like two of my favorite episodes of this season. Because okay, one, I finally got the answers that I wanted about him because it was it was starting to get weird to me. Um, but then two, there was there was a moment with um, with Lois that kind of made. This, this may sound weird because she's human, but it kind of humanized her. It kind of made her seem a lot less than just this reporter who always in people business. Like, <laughs> because I don't feel like you've had, you've seen her in a vulnerable state yet. Okay. And that episode shows that she has had a pretty vulnerable moment. And there are moments after that where certain stuff happens and so many people don't know the type of stuff that she's actually dealt with as a woman in this Uh series. And it just, there's just something about when you see a person, especially a woman or anyone in general, who's gone through something and people don't know they've gone through something. And then when someone says something to them and they just kind of suck it in and they just deal with whatever someone is saying to them Mm -hmm. just because they also don't want to talk about what they've gone through. It was, it was a moment where it was like, you know what? I kind of like you. I mean, she's still annoying. Lois is annoying. She's going to be annoying, but that, that was one moment. I was like, okay, there's something here. There's something here. But that's all. That's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to spoil things. But, yes. The next episode is going to be called Broken Trust. Okay, Broken Trust. Mm-hmm. That one's going to be interesting. Because, you know, I haven't watched it again, but I'm reading the description. I'm like, oh, I remember this one. I remember this one. Okay. But, okay. So, that leads us into... My Happy Marriage, episode two, about my husband-to-be. I saw your TikTok. I laughed. <laughs> Wait, what part? <laughs> because, y'all, if you're not following us on TikTok, Dovecat be cutting up. And especially been cutting up when it's, now that she's watching this anime. Because everything about the characters in this anime she hates. But she's also, like, still weirdly interested in seeing where things are going to go with these characters that she hates. <laughs> and like, just hearing her fuss about Mio, like, it's funny hearing, and I know that she's gone through a lot of stuff and I know that her parents were terrible, but she need to man up. <laughs> like, she need to find a spy. And that just tickled me. But Good. I'll let you, I'll let you tell your thoughts on Y'all, this episode. This is the thing, right? Now, okay, before I go into that with the character breakdowns and stuff, with episode two, we kind of see where it's trying to go about they finally said something about powers and what these powers are. And -hmm. apparently some people get more than one, um, like our boy Kudo. And I thought that was interesting. And it also tells us why her parents are dicks. Well, her daddy is a dick to her. And I I don't like it. It's still bad um, mm-hmm. that they treat her like that. I'm still pissed about it. And people are saying that she's gonna they're gonna get theirs. I can't hardly wait. But just know that 
I see where they're going and I'm interested to see where they're going. Is my girl, what's going to happen with Kudo? What's going to happen with Mio? What's going to happen with all of them? So I'm ready for that. Now into these characters. Am I making it up or is Mio annoying as hell? Be honest with me. She's annoying because not only is she annoying us, but she's annoying him. (laughs) Like like he's a dick and you kind of see why he's a dick. Mm -hmm. But even with his interactions with her, he's technically not even trying to be a dick to her. He's just incredibly annoyed that the girl just keep apologizing for everything. And just, he's just like, what the fuck did this girl go through before she got here? Cause stop. <laughs> like he just wants her to just stop. He is annoyed. Well, I'm not going to say he's annoyed. It's definitely a breath of fresh air to him, but he's just like, mm-hmm. damn, why are you crying now? Why are you apologizing now? Like for what? Mm-hmm. Because well, like, she cried when he was like, you know, it's a different flavor, but it's not bad. And she, she starts crying. And he's like, uh. But ma'am? then when you think about it, and I'm going to try to put it in perspective. When you've had someone who's been completely torn down, literally all their lives, to the lowest levels that they can probably ever get to, I don't know if they even know how to react to compassion. Mm. I don't think they truly know how to receive positivity. Uh-huh. But she, I told, this, you're seeing why when I started watching this show, I hit up my friend and said, she needs therapy. Like, I don't, fuck getting married. Somebody send her to a therapist. She like, needs Hell, help. she don't even need a real therapist. Send her ass to Iyanla. So make her, you know, you know, Dig herself in the ground and make her fight her way out or some shit. Like, you know, you, you not on my watch. Read those not lyrics. Pop my ass, pop my ass. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, something. But, yes. I, I, like I, I do think that they're going to reveal that Mio has powers. She may not have mm-hmm. the same powers as her family, but she may have powers and. Or I'm gonna even go out on a limb and say this: maybe she did have powers, and they were a lot stronger. And he, her dad, felt insecure about that and was okay with tearing her down to the point where she didn't even know she had them enough to use them. Mm. You know, because her dad you know, ain't shit. He ain't. But now I just had a thought, and I think that's where the plot is going. I can't even think of the blood Yasuba Yasuba. It started with a U. And I think I might understand why the mistress, well, well, yeah, the mistress was just like called her mom a homewrecker. Something tells me that he married Mio's mom for the power to secure his power base Mm -hmm. and like to secure his family. I don't necessarily think it was for love. Um, and he stepped away from, I bet you, um, the stepmama was probably his boo first, probably for something for like honor or duty or something. He made him marry, what you call it, Mio's mom, which I think is, um, interesting. And I just made all that up. So we'll see if that really comes to pass. But it was like she's lacking the Sayamori spirit. That's the mm. name of their power, I guess. Oh, also, also, I got grossed out when he was part. just like, 
Huh? I said by what part? The part where he was just like, the water's still hot if you want to get in the tub. What nasty? Well, I think we also have to remember the time that this is taking place in. Like, this don't really feel <laughs> current at all. But the, same, okay. the weird part was seeing how thankful she was that she was actually going to be able to get in a tub that was warm. That and the fact that she was trying to find value or to be useful so that she can stay in this situation, which made me sad because it was just like, damn, girl, like she don't think she can go anywhere else. Well, she can't go anywhere else because if it doesn't work out here with him, she basically going to be on the street. Mm hmm. And I was just like, damn, my girl. I'm wondering what he's going to find out. Because, you know, he's having her family investigated now. He needs to know what's going on. And I I wonder, like, who he's going to, who's going to be the person that they, like, used to get into the family to figure out what was going on and what he's going to do when he finds could out. You? My, my guess is here is that he's probably going to retaliate. As oh, yeah. he starts to build a bond with her, which he is doing, like even his his existing maid or whoever she, I can't remember her name, but who's it? I'm trying to see if I can find it real quick. Is it Yuri? Maybe. That sounds... Mrs. Yuri, yes. Lady Yuri? Yeah, it says Yuri assures Mio the rumors. Yeah. So Yuri is the, the maid, but she likes her already. Yeah. She likes her already and she is the one that's a, it almost comes off as he, he's not a bad person but he's been intentionally bad to people who've only been getting for with him because of his powers. Mhm. Because that. she made it a point in the very beginning of that episode to tell Mio that what people have been saying about how cruel he was was exaggerated and then there's a moment when he she refers to him as something and he tells her that not to refer to him as that around people young master i think that's what he called her mm-hmm. called him and she, and and she still was, did it yes he was just like there's nobody around you don't have to call me that and she was like i know young master but you know it is what it is but you know yes. she probably had a hand in raising him and he's probably the most comfortable with her. Hopefully she don't die. Please don't die, Missouri. Please. Right. So I think that he's he's a good guy. He's just, I think he's been intentionally rude and terrible to other people. And then he's trying to, he was trying to test her to see how she was going to react to some of those things. And he's seeing how destroyed she is from anything. That it's kind of almost got him like, okay. I'm not going to do that with you anymore. I need uh, to figure out what is going on with you because this is just not normal. I was irritated because, like I said in my TikTok video, I was just like, I ain't like how he was treating her. But I mm. also was just like, girl, say you say, just eat it. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Just eat the rice. I, look, y'all. I'm really trying with Mio. I really am, but I just don't have the capacity to be dealing with some little girl. Yeah, it's, to me, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The next episode is called Our First Date. And mm. I think, is this the episode? 
one of these, I think, I can't remember if this is this next episode or the episode after that. Yes, it's the episode after that. The next episode, well, the episode after that, he's actually telling her to go into town to um to buy a gift. Oh my God, I can see her crying now. Oh my God, really? Or I think, well, no, they're going into town and he's telling her, oh no, because she, she, he's basically trying to tell her that like, she doesn't really have to wait on him hand and foot. Like there's a moment where like they're going into the city and she's like naturally thinking she needs to be with him. He's like, no, go do stuff. <laughs> and she's just like me. I, like, you know how she talks. Uh, I can't get to go do that. Oh, shut up. <laughs> hold, hold on. I was imitating her earlier. Cause she'll be like, he'd be like, you can eat. She'll be like I can eat. Oh my god, I can't I can't believe he would even let you Shut up. <laughs> That's exactly what she sounds I, like. I really have to make sure that he doesn't send me away. I'm like, girl. Yo, like, you see why she's irritating as hell to me? She's irritating as hell. And I'm just like, girl, if you don't go oh. Yes. Weird. Is a mess. So I get, I get your frustration. I'm hoping that as it continues to go on, um, he ends up like empowering her in some way. Because uh-huh. I would love for it to come out that she has powers, and her dad now realizes that she has powers, and he tries to find a way to stop them from getting married. He's trash. And I'm gonna keep saying it because he's is that that whole family is trash. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, we're not really behind. They're dropping another episode tomorrow. There's only seven episodes. Well, six episodes so far. Mm. Well, I'm enjoying. I really am enjoying it. I really, really am. And I'm talking. I'm going to continue to critique it and talk about it. Um, but I do promise that my next video was going to actually be about the episode and not my gr- grievances with the characters. And, and why you let me man? I, look, why did you let me call that man a cat? <laughs> I you went on like all I see is a cat. You know something I really love about this show. Um, when I was growing up, one of my favorite things to draw were eyes. Mm-hmm. Every character has such beautiful eyes in this show. Mio does. Oh my gosh, she does. The, the purple and all the mm-hmm. stuff in there, and then he has like this icy blue. With his little random ponytail. Cat tail. Mm-hmm. But he don't turn into a cat. The next episode is called Our First Date. Um from what I remember, I'm not gonna give you any spoilers or anything, but he's like, We're getting married soon, so I think we should go on a date. Like he's he he's verbally letting her know that she's someone that he around. I wish this now I wish we know how she feels about him mm-hmm. right because she's like oh my god he's the most beautiful man he's I've my, ever seen he's so, he's, so, he's so amazing why would he even want to be <laughs> <laughs> yes all of that are we going to get that from him are we going to hear how he feels about our girl Mia I will say Again, not going into detail, do not want to spoil anything, but he does 
you know, he sends somebody to investigate into her family and he gets the results of that investigation. In the next episode? In the next episode. People come back and he finds out what she's been going through and he's not a very happy person. Well, he already rude as hell. Mean as hell. Mm-hmm. Dickhead. Now, I don't think he starts to act on it yet. I think I stopped on episode four, so I'm not sure what mm-hmm. happens after that. But yeah, I will say he was not pleased to hear the type of stuff that she went through. That he finds out about the abuse. He also finds out that she doesn't have powers. I was about to ask a question, but I'm abused. not. I'm trying to remember who is that? Asubo. Who's had that last last name? Because okay, Asuba. He's the son of the head of Suba family and Mio's cousin. Okay, so I don't, that's not who I thought it was. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Now it makes sense. The Subo family is actually the family that. Mio's mother, like her maiden name, that's her family. And her dad was very strategic about choosing, wanting her specifically Uh because of the power that that family has. Which is why that guy was screaming that he wanted her. Oh Lord, Mio! I hope they don't yeah, he, snatch you because yeah, he wanted her specifically, like that family, because you know what, Kyoka, his ability. What is his ability? Um, I can't remember what he he mentioned his power. I can't remember what he specific they specifically he said his family was. Was fire. it fire or something like that? And he has must have one more gift because he said he does. He said it's one. Well, he said it's one of my gifts. The Asuba family had the ability to manipulate Asuba. people's minds. So that's what her dad was originally going for. He wanted that power. He wanted to produce offspring that could control people's minds. Which to me says that he's been a terrible person from jump. Because in my mind, I'm thinking for someone to want that specific power, you generally don't hear people who have good intentions just seeking out that. True. So uh, it's starting to make sense why people from that family would be considered very valuable because in this time with these enemies and stuff like that, you become powerful when you, you strike fear in people that you can control them. So we will see. But our first date next week um, and then Broken Trust from Superman and Lois. And I think that's it. Um, Potentially Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. Um, How about let's shoot for a Sunday recording. mm -hmm. Then that way I can see if I can squeeze the movie in. Because my bonus daughter is coming this weekend. It's her birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think she might be going by Saturday. But Sunday I can see if I can get that done. And then that way, Sunday night, we can talk about it. Okay, that works. So that'll be Blue Beetle. 
my happy marriage and you, are you going to be able to do all three? You think you I think it? so. I think so. You know me. I don't be doing nothing at work, so I can just watch. I'm in season three of Real Housewives of Atlanta, episode eight, and I cannot figure out why Phaedra is lying about when she was uh, she got pregnant. Because I think she got pregnant outside of wedlock, and she's trying she to convince her churchy relatives that that's the case, but yeah, and that I, was my like idea. when she went into labor, the doctor she went to basically told her, nah, you had you got you conceived on this date, stop lying. But mm-hmm. I've been watching that. Um, that was very interesting. Um, yeah. You I, want Phaedra to come back? No. I do not like her. Maybe I'll like her in future seasons, but right now, do not like her at all. Mm-hmm. She's my least favorite right now with Mimi and Kim. Just whoa, whoa, no. whoa, whoa! The ring the, didn't mean a thing to me. That's what I'm at now. When she's struggling whoa. to perform and seeing this, I'm still upset that Candy decided he was. She was going to ask her to go on the tour with her. Like you know it's what this check. girl sound like. Hmm. And Nene, boy, every time Nene hear that woman sing, those facial expressions be sending me. Yeah, that's it. And I will, I'm going to end this episode on this note. <clears throat> Clear my throat. Apollo, <gasps> I'm going to just say this. Keep it short and sweet. I'd be pregnant too. <laughs> I sent my friends I was like look I know he got arrested he's been locked up in prison twice but he innocent he innocent and he's still fine like I, I swear I'd be like Monica and see murder she loves some see murder okay she does and I'm so glad that Kim Kardashian is working to try to get him out of prison because Monica needs this for herself because sis has not been able to move on she has she's moved on she's single now I love Gunica she still goes to prison and takes pictures with him through the wall so but that is it blurs nerds and everybody else Again, if you're not following us on social media, follow us on Instagram and uh, TikTok at Almost Blurs. Mm-hmm. And uh, rate and stuff on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Yeah. Comment. Subscribe. Yes. Let uh, us know. It was actually really cool. The other day, one of my friends actually sent me a screenshot of their TikTok. I was on their For You page. My uh, the video about the horror movies popped up and it was me. I was like, "Oh my god, it's me!" She was like, "I feel like I know a celebrity." Oh God! I'm like, "Girl, no, Mm-mm. this is like an independent yes. film. Don't nobody come to see us yet." But we coming. We gonna be there. We coming. That was that was nice to see me pop up on someone's for you page because so far the only time it pop up on mine is because I'm looking at my following list. But yes, that's all. <laughs> Love you guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.